Welcome to Haunted Hospitality, Southern Stories Told by Spooky Gingers. I'm Robin. And I'm Zoe. And I have a story for you today. But first, Zoe, how's life? Life is good. So I'm trying to keep myself to a schedule. And this week, it totally fell apart. But <laughs> but I, I have high hopes for next week. Um, it, this week, it, it only fell apart because A, Monday was uh, a holiday. So I wasn't working on Monday. And New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so that kind of like gets things off schedule, obviously. And mm-hmm. then the gym was also closed this last week. So that was like no karate for me the whole week. So it's just like, mm-hmm. well, that's part of my schedule. My schedule is like right here on this little board. And this is my human board. This is, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast before, but for people listening, this is a whiteboard behind me that I've used washi tape and I've made rows and columns on it. And this is my board that I check off. I mean, it's very basic things on there, like brush your teeth and do a chore today, a single chore. And I adore that. I used to have that in a bullet journal. Yes. And it it literally like I just check it off. And if I get a perfect day, Mm -hmm. once I get to five perfect days, I can get myself something up to $50. That's not food. Ooh. Yes. Ooh, Zoe. I feel like I need to ask you more questions about this off the pot because (laughs) I've been looking for a reward system for myself. <laughs> to train myself to be better. So, and look, great. it's working. Um, I don't know if you can see this, but like that's four perfect days in a row right here. And wow. Look I mean, at you. and um the only reason like yesterday was not a perfect day was because 90% of yesterday well, if I wasn't working, 90% of yesterday was spent pet sitting at someone else's house. So it's mm-hmm. like, I can't do a chore when I'm either at work or at someone else's house, you know? You, could you do a chore at their house? <laughs> I, I, mean, I, guess, chore? I guess technically. Do they need their <laughs> kitchen swept? <laughs> I should have asked. I should have asked. Mm-hmm. But yes, that's my... Oh, and I've been keeping up with my agenda. So... Oh, very good. I mean, we're only so seven days in. <laughs> No, I'm just, you're, listen, my house life is about to turn into how you're doing much better than I am. (laughs) Well, how is your life? I overwhelmed myself. Okay, listen, either last episode or two episodes ago, time is weird and fluky and last episode because we only recorded one last time. Okay. Yeah. You asked me, Robin, what's your New Year's resolution? Which is a totally normal question to ask. And I was like, I'm better than you. past new year's resolutions and here's why well a couple days after that i was going to work and i was listening to a podcast about goal setting and then i went and bought a planner and then the planner had it was like here was my first issue it was my mistake it it was like one of those girl boss planners Mm -hmm. the selection was limited and it was like tell us your goals for this coming year in all of these 12 categories. So I gave myself way too much. Oh. And now I'm just super regretting that. I'm back to being anti. <laughs> Actually, I'm not back to being anti-resolution. I'm back to being like maybe like one or two. So like anyway, my... I had a big pivot this week. 
the goals I set for myself, I the, like I think the mindset that you were talking about is very valid. L- the last episode where you were like, well, it's kind of like looking at your past year and being like, wow, that sucked. Let me try to do better. Yeah. I I think the way to do these attainable goals is to be like, so this is what I did last year and it was a great first step. But here is how I'm going to step it up a little bit. So like last year, I went to most mm, half of my karate classes. My wedding really ruined some things in there. Um, So I went to most (laughs) slash half of my karate classes. And so this year, my goal is to go to most of them where I can confidently say, yes, I went to most of them. And so far this year, I haven't missed a single one because the gym's been closed. But... Um, <laughs> that took a second for me. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, like, it, it, it's not going to be all because mm-hmm. that might not be possible because you get sick, you do things, you know. But it's, if you set a attainable goal and it's not, your last year sucks, sucked, this year's going to rock, it's hey, how can I improve just a little bit? I feel like that's oh. a better way of looking at it. I should have listened to uh, your podcast on goal setting. <laughs> <laughs> I should make a podcast on goal setting. You really could. You oh know, my Robin, with as much life yeah. advice as we hand out between like romance advice, life advice, don't murder people <laughs> advice, like don't we really should have <laughs> a goal setting podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love it because like, you know, like I think the ideal one I would do, um, it kind of be like you know that app ca- uh, couch to five k. Yes, I've done it it's several like times. But for goal setting, yes. <sighs> okay, cool. Anyway, just want to <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned for that podcast. That um, won't be coming anytime soon because we be have coming. very busy lives. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Zoe, do you have a something something for us today? I do have a something something for us today. So last something something I provided, it was creature wall or creature window. Or a creature alcove. It was adjacent to a creature corner, right? Oh, I was like, I really don't remember her talking about a creature that was also a window. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was adjacent. It was the... Um, it was adjacent. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> so today I decided to start off the new year, maybe, yeah, kind of, with my first something something this year. Um, you know, we already had like an episode both recorded and published. So no, this really is my first something something. This is my first something something. Oh, you're right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but we're gonna have a bona fide true creature corner. Okay, of course. Yeah, okay. that that this feels right. Yes, it does. It does. So the creature I have brought to you today is the Moha Moha. Hmm. Yes. So Robin, <laughs> picture. The long, slender neck of the Loch Ness Monster. Okay. All I'm getting is like a brontosaurus, but yeah, Yeah. I'm working on it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So long, slender neck, right? Now put that on a snapping turtle shell with like the claws and everything for the hands and feet. Okay. All right. Now make the tail just like a normal fish tail, like a normal fish tail. fish? Yes, a fish tail. On a snapping turtle. On a snapping turtle's body with the neck of a Loch Ness Monster. I would say I'm with you, but I don't know if I am. But okay, okay, okay. I have just texted you an image. And I think the message that I tried to send you on my watch like 10 minutes ago. 
Oh, there it is. Oh, I did get that message now. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, this looks so much more normal than whatever it was you were just describing. <laughs> I can see this having existed. The, most of the depictions have a much, much longer neck than that. And the claws okay. look a little bit more evil. But yes, this is a Moha Moha. That's spelt M-O-H-A space M-O-H-A for anyone listening along. And this creature is rumored to live in the Great Barrier Reef near Queensland, Australia. That checks out. Uh-huh. So the Moha Moha is not friendly. In fact, the name means dangerous turtle somehow, even though those are two separate words and Moha Moha sounds like the same word, but I don't know the language. So it is known to attack villages and kill people by grabbing them by the leg and dragging them into the water. So these are amphibious beasts. Okay. So like like they'll crawl up onto the shore and anybody who's like living near the coast, they'll go into the villages and just like snap up somebody and then drag them into the water and kill them and eat them. I can see that happening. Honestly, I'm getting major like crocodile vibes. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. The first sighting that is recorded of someone seeing the Moha Moha. Now, I do want to say that there were a lot of natives in the area. I don't know what you call the native people of Australia. They were in the area and they've had stories of this prior to this recording. So, Mm -hmm. of course, it's another case of white man comes in and suddenly we name it and all that. Gotcha. But in this case, it's a white woman. So her name is Mrs. S. Lavelle. And she was in 1890 strolling along the beach. And this creature came up from the water and sat on the beach. She said not five feet from her. And she was able to observe it for 30 minutes before it went back into the water. Mm-hmm. Now, was well, she just... Hanging on the beach with it for 30 minutes? I was about to say, what she was doing in those 30 minutes? I have no idea. (laughs) Um, I imagine just because of her, like, you know how back then they had, like, very flowery, flowery language. Flowery. There we go. Flowery, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a word, but it is. (laughs) So I imagine she's sitting there with a little notepad and going, it's ma was... Five feet wide. Like, she was just writing poetry about this thing in my head because she went back and explained it to people. And she's like, it's 30 feet long, 12 of those feet being its tail. So this thing's huge. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Almost half the length is in the tail. But she's like, she's describing its jaw, how it's like fierce and with teeth and that the claws are evil and sharp and the tail has the strength to kill men. And I mean, I, as far as I'm aware, she's just seeing it chill on the beach for a sun bath. Like I don't, I, I she kind of went a little extra with it. And so she I went, love that she said it was evil. Like she was using vivid imagery with the whole okay. scariness of it. And so she d- goes back to town and she's like listen i need to find the scientists and luckily there was a lot of like marine biologists or i guess what would we would now consider marine biologists in the area 
because mm-hmm. I guess it was an area where they would do a lot of science on animals in the area. Well, you got the Great Barrier Reef, so yes. yeah. And so she went up to them and she's like, this is what I saw. What creature is this? And all of the men were like, huh, silly woman. You must have been hysterical. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Because they're like, there's no creature that big. You must have saw this type of turtle. And she's like, but those turtles don't get to be that big. And they're like, yeah, and you're wrong. That's why. So, like, none of the people in the town believed her. And the scientists were just kind of, like, making fun of her. And she was telling everybody, no, I saw it. It's true. It's true. I saw it. And then I guess she just, like, stopped caring and everybody else stopped caring but it was recorded in a I think it was somebody's journal it was one of the science men's journal and they're like oh this is what this lady said and like that's the only reason why we have it recorded and yeah so they're like she's either a hysterical woman or a liar and so there have been other sightings of moha mohas but none of them have really been like I guess, like, reputable is the word to use. It's, like, on a Reddit forum. I saw the Moa Moa once, you know? Oh, gotcha. Yeah. However, there have been a lot of deaths over the hundreds of years that the local people call, like, the Moha Moha responsible for. Mm -hmm. And people who don't believe say, oh, well, that's probably just seals killing you. Are seals there they do have seals okay. yes so i guess it's definitely a possibility it's i just don't know if seals there... are that violent could she... i don't think seals are sea lions i think yeah, sea lions are. Think sea are there okay so this is very fascinating are we to the point where i can tell you if i believe in it or not yeah that's all the information i have i totally think it's real I think it could be. Yeah. Like, okay. 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 And I, I think, how about this? I think maybe at least like it was real because there's a whole bunch of reasons like that human activity could have just killed it off straight away. Especially during Um, the 1890s and 1910s and all that. Yes. I mean, also, especially now to be real, we could have a whole other thing about that. (laughs) But, uh, Totally. I totally think it totally could have been real. And especially if it was something that was already kind of rare and somewhat reclusive anyway, to the point that it was um, not legend among the native people. But like, it seems it doesn't seem like they're like the oh, yeah, we see that creature every day. It's more right. like they're kind of bring like it, it, it's it's like it comes up now and again, but it's not always there, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, totally. I totally think something like that could have existed. And it could have just been a really, really, really big turtle. Because you know how big turtles can get. And maybe it was a snapping turtle and it had its neck out all the way and it was just resting, maybe. But it had a weirdly long tail. Yeah, that's the part of maybe. I don't know. Unless it had like a really big tail or some sort of like mutated growth on it. Mm -hmm. And also, like, that's the thing about Australia. There's creatures there that are what's that word for it when like you're unique to an area like there's no um it's a scientific term it's like there's no copy of it anywhere 
I have no idea. My, my like, I it's not. This isn't even a. It's on the tip of my tongue situation. This is a. My brain's empty and there's echoes. Okay, well that's a word, and I used to know it, and now I don't, which is really disappointing. But that's what it is. I like it. it it's one of those because they have so many unique animals there, like kangaroos. Yeah. I feel like in another world, kangaroos would be a cryptid because like it just what would you say about it? Like it's really tall. It can kick you. It hops everywhere. Sometimes the males will go to the water and just show their face. And so you go in there thinking that it's drowning and then it drowns you. I didn't like, know that. You know, that's true. Or oh at least I saw it on the Internet once. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I saw it a couple times. Um, but, but I'm just saying there's so much, honestly, like that is just unique because because Australia is so like landwise isolated from everything else, mm-hmm. and things were able to evolve there in such specific and unique ways compared to how they were elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So yeah, totally, totally, moha moha. I think yes. this is the first cryptid I've covered on this show that like you're like yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, this really is, and I think it's mostly because I don't. I'm like, it's not a monster; it's just an animal. <laughs> Which I mean, at the end of the day, what else are cryptids? You know? Exactly, like that. Um, that can no, it's not called a Canada. The camel, the camel that you covered. <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was just a camel. It was just a but, camel, but they had never seen it before, so they're like they never seen it before. What was it? Red ghost. Yeah, they called it a red ghost. Yeah, red ghost of Arizona. Fascinating yeah, anyway. stuff. Thanks, Zoe. You're welcome. That's my something something. Yeah. Oh, cool. Are you waiting to see who breaks first? <laughs> I was indeed taking a sip of my tea. <laughs> uh, Robin, do you have a story for us today? I do. <gasps> I do. Thank you for asking. Uh-huh. I was getting worried about that. Um, <laughs> I'm covering the Emily Morgan Hotel today. Ooh, I love it when we do hotels. Me too. It is in San Antonio, Texas. It's right beside the site at the Alamo. And when I say it's right beside it, I mean, like, it's right beside it. Uh, it's, like, cr- technically in, like, it's in this historic area that's designated by some place, and it's, like, the historic Alamo Plaza. It's in it. What What are you about to say? <laughs> I almost did the Alamo for today's, my episode. <gasps> I almost did. I came this close to doing it. Oh, my, Zoe. That would have been hilarious. But, like, it would have been perfect, too, because, like, I'm barely brushing on the Alamo. I just had to mention it's right beside the Alamo. Yeah, no, I, I literally came this close, but I was like, oh, no, I just did a haunted one. We can just do haunted. <laughs> um, okay, okay. So it's in San Antonio. It's right by the Alamo. And I've seen it called, in my research, the official hotel of the Alamo, too. Makes sense. So, just so you know. But it wasn't always a hotel. The building was built in 1924, and it was the Medical Arts Building, is what it was called. But it didn't look like what we would think of a regular hospital looking like today. Uh, It is a flat iron shape, and so that is when it's a triangle. But wait, hold on. It's a little bit complicated here. Mm -hmm. Is it flat iron shape when you're looking down on it, or when you're standing on the street and looking at it? Like helicopter view? Or street view? There's a lot of questions. Okay, so a flat iron is a type of building. Uh-huh. Like, there's, like, buildings that are like, oh, this is a flat iron. I'm less saying, like, oh, it looks like what I've experienced a flat iron to look like. And more of saying 
there are buildings that are constructed that are called flat iron buildings because they look like this building does. Okay. So by that, I mean, <laughs> that if, if you're looking at it straight on, it looks like it, it's a, it looks like a triangle uh-huh. and it's like wider on one end and it comes to a point. But are you looking now, at it straight on from a helicopter? Or are you looking no, at it from you're on the, the street, street and you're looking at it straight on? And so you're it like, looks wow, like a this building comes to a point. Okay. No, Zoe. (laughs) If you are looking at this building, okay, no, I'm just gonna send you a photo. Um, (laughs) brief intermission while I just have to find this image for you. Um, so what I'm saying is, you look at it, and the building. You are on the street. You look at it, and the building comes to a point right at you. It's like in Times Square. Yes, that's called the Flatiron Building. Got it. I've never heard that term before. Actually, no, that's not the Flatiron Building, but it is like in Times Square. Everybody just, I don't know. I don't know how to better visually explain this one. Um, Though it is actually made from like a V shape, but you wouldn't really know that if you were just passing by it. It looks like straight up Flatiron. Anywho, um, it is 13 stories tall and... There's a tower at the very tip of the triangle that reaches another story high. I have seen the words Gothic Revival thrown around a lot about the building's architecture, which is essentially where people in certain more recent but still a while ago centuries looked at Gothic cathedrals and were like, ah, the vibes. Immaculate. (laughs) Immaculate. So there's many Gothic aspects of this building, but the first and foremost are... The gargoyles. Love me a good gargoyle. I love me a good gargoyle, too. So I was doing a little bit of internet surfing because I wanted to confirm for myself and the listeners and you and everybody else in the entire world that, uh, <laughs> like I learned in my art history class, gargoyles were actually put there as some sort of like protection for the building and the occupants. And yes, they are, but their first purpose was actually incredibly practical they were meant to be ways water can funnel off of roofs they were like a gutter yeah yeah and i didn't know that you knew that yeah because like that's why some of them would have open mouths so the water would come out and some of them look like they're peeing on you that's fascinating The, the ingenuity that goes into thinking of this and being like, well, we need water to come off this building. Let's make it a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there are gargoyles in this build. Well, not in, but on this building. But they aren't your typical dragons or monsters or whatever. They are depictions of people who are medically suffering. Oh, no. I know. Thank you. Thank Th- you. That sounds horribly insensitive for a hospital. Thank you. (laughs) So they look like they have a hurt stomach or a toothache. There's obviously more. You may now open the photo, the photos I sent you, because I sent you a photo, uh, two photos of the gargoyles. These were posted to the internet by Twitter user Eve Harms writes. And I don't necessarily know if these are the toothache and stomachache ones, but they are, they're something. It's like one guy holding his head, like a really old guy. And his tongue. He's holding his head and his tongue. He's holding his tongue? Oh, I guess he is holding his tongue. Oh. And And then there's a woman who's like, they're both curled up in like the fetal position, kind of. Yeah. Anyway, 
And this is just on that building. And there's other ones, too. I thought that was a weird choice. And so, like, I mean, Zoe, imagine you're yourself and you went to this... You were in this hospital for maybe like a light procedure or something. You are waiting for your ride. You are sitting out front. You're like, I don't know, on your phone or whatever. And you look up a little bit and then you just see these like gargoyles that are suffering. And you're going to be like, what the hell? Yeah, that's weird. I don't know why that was a decision. I don't know. No, like it, it feels like they're mocking their patients. Yeah, like why does that have to be the garg? I no. Okay, interesting. Anyway, I just had to share that with you. Well, thank you. As a medical ex- center, it was considered to be really advanced for the time, and it was kind of a catch-all. It had more than a hundred people working there, and it functioned like a dentist's office, a doctor's office, a hospital, and possibly a mental health institution. In addition to medical treatment, there was also a morgue and a crematorium for the patients that didn't make it. And I've seen a thing that said the morgue was in the lobby, but I also saw a thing that said the morgue was in the basement, and that makes so much more sense so yeah i believe the basement one (laughs) i believe that one too my next heading for my notes is brief intermission while building is figuring out what it wants to be when it grows up uh in 1976 it became an office building called the landmark and lasted until 1984 when it got turned into a hotel and when this happened they gutted it it still looks the same on the outside but they gutted the building interior wise changed everything and so what you see when you go in there is not the same as it like was before but it is the same building on the outside so the emily morgan hotel it is now this it opened in 1984 and it is named for a folk hero who according to legend was the reason why the mexican army lost the battle of san jacinto they were fighting the texan army this is like I think Texas was trying to claim the land. I didn't like fully look into this whole war. But yeah, Texan army attacked the Mexican camp during their siesta and like really quickly defeated it, partially because there were no guards put out or anything. Mm. And this is something that General Santa Ana should have done, but he didn't do it. And legend states that Emily Morgan was an enslaved person who had been captured by the Mexican army and was in General Santa Ana's tent and stopped him from exiting his tent when this attack happened, making their defenses weaker. Okay. Um, How she did this, according to legend, again, ranges depending on which version you hear. Some say that she danced for him as a distraction. Others say she drugged him. (sighs) Please at me if I am completely off base with this, but like reading between the lines, it seems like the folk legend is kind of like saying that she slept with him. Yes. And it kind of makes me think of you watched Gilmore Girls growing up. I did watch Gilmore Girls. Do you remember season five, episode 11, Women of Questionable Morals? Oh, yeah, totally. Right off the top (laughs) of my head. I watched that one recently, and this related enough that I just kind of wanted to bring it up. So the town is having a Revolutionary War reenactment, (laughs) but according to their town legend, history, whatever, this general went through their town going to a British general went through their town going to his army where they were going to have a battle, a battle. I made up a word just then. <laughs> where they were going to have a battle 
But he got distracted by a sex worker who brought him in, very pro-revolution she was, and stalled him so that he couldn't go to the battle and so that the British lost and the America won. And they had that reenactment and the townspeople who were putting it on did not know what to, to call her because there was a priest involved and they were... they. I went back and I watched a clip of it to like write down exactly what they said because I was like, it was so funny. It was so funny. It was woman whose livelihood defied laws of morality, but was acting in a fashion which God would forgive her. <laughs> <laughs> that is too good. Yeah. So anyway, I just had to share that little aside about Gilmore Girls. Uh-huh. Anyway, very funny. But I have a little bit of real world history about Emily Morgan. The first right. and probably most important fact is that her name was not Emily Morgan. It was Emily West. And people assumed that she was enslaved to a guy named James Morgan, who she was working for at the time. They assumed it because she was black. However, she was born free in the North and had signed on to work for him for a year in exchange for money. Oh, and so the re the whole thing is like they gave her his last name or assumed she had taken it on or something like that. But it wasn't like that. So she's Emily West. And yes, she was actually captured by the Mexican army. But there is no record of the time of her being in the tent. There is no record of him being indisposed. <laughs> the only reason that this legend even exists is because some guy who I think was British, and so I don't even know how he knew any of this, wrote in his journal six years after the fact that she had been in his tent and in general Santa Ana's tent and stopped him. Oh. But anyway, there's a huge folk tale about her. She is a folk hero. But she's, she's known as Emily Morgan, but the real person was Emily West. And she survived. She was fine. Okay. Yeah. There, there's a lot to process there. There was a lot. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just kind of <laughs> threw all that at you. Okay. Um, but I wanted to just kind of uh, go into that and give you a little bit of history behind the name. So in 2012... We're now in 2012. Okay. Emily Morgan Hotel was bought by Doubletree by Hilton. And in doing so, it went under a lot of construction for <gasps> million dollars worth. They're going to make the ghosties mad. No. According to things. <laughs> <laughs> According to what we've all agreed upon. According to what we've all agreed upon, ghosts don't like it when construction happens and they come out to play. So, ahem, ahem, ahem. Hotels.com recently put the Emily Morgan Hotel on a list of the most haunted hotels in the U.S., but they had a fun little twist, which I appreciate, because a lot of these lists are just so repetitive. Mm -hmm. They designated for each hotel they listed a horror movie, like, genre or type that it most vibes with. Okay. So, Zoe, can you guess which horror movie type they would have chosen for the Emily Morgan Hotel? Um... I want to say it's a hotel, so The Shining, but all of them were hotels, and they can't all put The Shining for all. No, no, it's not a specific movie. Uh-huh. It's a type. So, like, think type of haunting, if that helps. No, because you haven't told me any information about the haunting here yet. Oh, fine. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like this is misleading, but they called it demonic. Oh. There's no, like, thing I've seen that's, like, screaming demon at me. But anyway, oh. I just wanted you to know. So, the floors where we see the most activity on are 14 and 7, but there are many an occurrence happening on other floors as well. Yes, Zoe? I thought you said it had 13 floors. 
I'm getting to that. Okay. So <laughs> it does only have 13 floors, but like many older buildings, including one I have lived in, it skips the 13th floor. So it's the 13th floor, but it's called the 14th floor. And in fact, they go one more. Their highest room number is 1407, but they actually have one room that should be 1408, but they instead call the Duke Suite. They don't call it 1408 because 1 plus 4 plus 0 plus 8 equals 13. Wow. I feel like there's also probably other room numbers that probably add up to 13 too, but this is the only one I know of where they just fully were like, nope, we're not doing it. Maybe it was because it's like the 13th room on the 13th floor. Yeah, that's probably why. Ooh, yeah. So this floor is where a lot of the surgeries happened, and it has a hospital-like slash antiseptic smell reported quite a bit. So this is like one of the things where, you know, if you're looking up a haunted place, you have your standard set of things that like every, th every website you go to is going to say, and you have to kind of sort out like, well, what's just the standard story of it versus what do people kind of experience? And so I, at first, was reading personal accounts people who were like yeah we went up to the floor and it just didn't smell that way but then i came across some that did say that and then i came across one really helpful facebook comment that said that they smelled the hospital smell on that floor sometimes and other times did not and so we were talking earlier about the way we have all agreed ghosts are yes <laughs> and so if we're looking at the rules of ghosties which we kind of have to as this is a podcast about ghosts at the moment i would assume that this means the smell is attached to the ghosts rather than to the floor itself and so when the ghosts are either in that section or active then you smell it yes so my theory is if you smell the antiseptic smell on the 14th floor there is a ghost around you do 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 <laughs> we should just Sound we should uh, come up with like sound bites of us just vaguely going Ooh, and like randomly add that into some <laughs> there are a lot of those just saying there's a lot now we're to the seventh floor because some people who stay on the seventh floor will say that they'll come out of their rooms only to find a nurse rolling a gurney down the hallway okay that's creepy i have seen that a that's couple creepy. hospital thingies but that is creepy what are you talking about hospital thingies? Like uh, the sanatorium that I did in Texas, actually. Oh, like, like a ghost story for other hospitals. Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. I was like, I too have seen nurses rolled gurneys down hospital <laughs> Folks on this floor will also report seeing a lady in white. And they'll also say that there are some shadows around where nothing visible seems to be casting it. I also saw, and I didn't actually put a lot of this in there just because I, it was so weird because it would like, this to me would be like the biggest story, but it would only like very, very sporadically come up. So I didn't put it in here, but apparently there's also like a screaming lady on this floor. And so I'm wondering if the lady in white and the screaming lady are like the same person. Anyway, this is just... Another conjecture. theory of mine. <laughs> conjecture. It's my conjecture. <laughs> so there was one family who was staying on the seventh floor, and they said that they woke up one night because everything in their room that was electronic turned on, and then a shadow went through their room and passed through a wall. Oh, no. <laughs> I would be terrified. I'd be gone. I, I want to think that I would not be gone, but I feel like I would be gone. Okay, so, okay question because i was wondering this when i was saying this 
when we're saying gone, do we mean like we're out the door, we're leaving our stuff behind, presumably maybe we'll come back in the day and get our stuff? Or are you saying like we're taking five to ten minutes to put everything in our bags <laughs> um, and then we're going? Okay, if it was somewhere like within driving distance, I would say the second one. Uh-huh. Because then I can just go home. But if it's somewhere we have to, like, fly to or it's hours to drive, I'm not paying for a second hotel. Like, I'm going to stay mm. with the ghost. I'll just figure it out. I got you. What if you were, like, able to go up to the front desk and be like, I'm so sorry, but our room is haunted. Could we just go to a different room for free? If one room's haunted, all of them are haunted in my mind. Okay, okay. But they might be haunted differently. You agree, right? Yes, but it might be worse. Because there are certain things that have it on certain floors. Okay, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> what if like, you go back down to the front desk and we're like, I'm sorry, is that room still available? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on the ninth floor, there's lots of almost pulse, pult, pult. You can do it. I believe in you. Poltergeist-ish sounds and movement. People will hear things from empty rooms. Like the rooms are supposed to be empty. And people will hear things. Oh, I don't like that. And and this is, I think, maybe the funniest thing I've read. And I don't know. I think it might just be funny to me. But the toilet seat in one of the rooms has been known to just slam shut repeatedly. Like, they'll be, like, trying to sleep. And it's like, pow, pow. <laughs> that, there is, there's some sort of, like, literal toilet humor in that. Yes, I agree. Ah, yeah, there is. Guests on the 12th floor will hear, oh, this is cool. This is cool. They will like be in their room going about their business and then they will hear all the faucets. So I'm assuming that means like tub, probably shower, sink, faucets turn on all at the same time. Okay. And so they'll go into the bathroom to, you know, one, see what's actually happening and turn off the water. But then when they get into the bathroom to turn it off, it's like the water was never running at all. The sink and the tub are dry. That's cool. Right? That's right? super cool. And apparently this really, like, creeps them out. And so they'll call down to the desk. And so, the like, the front desk has gotten calls, plural, about it. Dang. <laughs> Dang, right? So elevators are known to act up going to floors without being told to, especially the sixth and the seventh floors i have lived in an apartment building where this exact thing happened and in fact it actually it was so convenient for me because i'd be running to go to class and i'd be like heading late i would just step out into the hallway and then the doors would open and i'd be like oh thank god haunted elevator <laughs> the elevator like you it did it did it didn't work that regularly for my roommates but there was like there could be like full on like weeks or so like where pretty much every time i walked out to need to go it would open for me that's amazing it really was. But okay, apparently, and when I say apparently, I mean, I'm not completely sure, but I did see a source at least saying this. The wiring has been inspected without finding anything wrong with it. Right. So these staff have experienced weird things too. It's definitely not just the guest. And they've experienced these things inside hotel rooms and outside of them. So sometimes the phone, I'm assuming at the reception desk, will start to ring and they'll answer it, but then nobody will be speaking. Gross. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> Because I mean, that could be like a prank phone call. Oh, I guess that's true. But I just, every time I'm working and the phone rings, like there's just like seven levels of grief that I go through before I pick up the phone, you know? And so if I had to go through like those seven levels, actually, I get those calls all the time. What? 
my phone the phone will ring and it'll be like I'll be I'll do my little intro like this is Zoe how can I help you and it's like silence on the other side and I'll be like hello is anyone there and it'll be silence and I'm like can I help you and it'll be silence and then they'll hung up, hang up but you know what that is what it's those telemarketer companies calling and seeing if there's anybody on the other side of the line who will actually pick up unknown phone calls and then selling your phone number to other companies to oh. saying like this is somebody who picks up Oh, that's so unfortunate for you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what they're doing. <laughs> I did notice um, my phone. I like hadn't gotten any scam likely calls over the holidays. And I didn't realize it until it was like January 4th. And I was getting all these scam likely calls. And I was like, why? And I was like, oh, they took the holidays off too. Same here. <laughs> I actually got like two on the same day. On Is the that 4th. a lot? Uh, that's a lot for me. Oh, I get like four or five. Oh, dang. It's so annoying. I can imagine. Yeah. Anyway, so the staff will say that I had to find myself in my okay. notes. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes the staff will say that it feels like there's someone with them. Doors they've witnessed will close on their own. And when the room attendants are in the room making it up, you know, they'll make the beds, they'll make them up the main room, they'll go into the bathroom to clean it and come back. And when they come back, the pillows are on the floor instead of the bed. Well, that's just rude. <laughs> There's something in there that just unmakes the bed. It makes them do one extra thing. That's that's rude. That's throwing them off their game, you know? Yeah, and they're always on a time crunch anyways. Like They're on a time crunch. For yeah. real. So the sales manager for the hotel was staying overnight once there with a friend. And they went out to dinner, came... Zoe, I think she was just showing her friend to stay in a luxury hotel. My goodness, my goodness, you're making everything like that. So they went out to dinner, they came back, and, you know, she goes into the bathroom, and her tub is half full with blue water in it. Okay. And at first, she thinks this is a prank specifically from the hotel's engineering department. That would make She's sense. She's like, ah, oh, those people, but, like, in a funny way. Mm -hmm. So she, in a quote to the Texas Public Radio, she said, quote, it was so blue that you would actually have to dye this water to be this color. So that was kind of silly. But the hotel has a thing where people who work there or management or whatever can electronically see which key cards have entered which rooms. And so they checked her room and the only card that had been used in during her stay was hers. Wow. So it wasn't a prank. So somebody killed a bunch of Smurfs in the tub. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the... Or, are you sure, like, I mean, okay, kind of, well, I, I wonder if her friend, like, put a bath bomb in there or something. Do you think the friend would have mentioned it, though? <laughs> if it was a prank, maybe not. But, like, that's a weird prank to dye our collective water blue. <laughs> but that's also a weird thing for a ghost to do. It is. It's a weird thing to happen. It is very weird. Okay. Like, do you think there's any sort of plumbing issue that could make that happen? So I know, like, I think it's copper can turn your water blue, but it's like a, like a bluish tint. It's not. Like, it's not fully dyed blue. Right. And the water would have had to turn on somehow, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody would have had to fill up the tub. I don't know. Weird, That's weird. weird. Okay. So I have a couple, I have three more little tidbits about it for you. Okay. Or like personal experiences. The first two are reviews on TripAdvisor because you know I like to scan. 
I always do that too. So first one was titled Beware Haunted <laughs> <laughs> by Fernando. And this has been shortened a bit. Okay. So he said, quote, I know this is not the staff's fault, but the place is haunted. I did not know this, but my family checked in. It was only in the middle of the night when none of us, including my eight-year-old, could sleep. It wasn't the beds, and it wasn't the room temperature, although the temperature kept fluctuating. We were pretty tired, too. And generally, it was not the weird noises. Gosh, that's a whole other thing, though. But I would describe, as would my wife, an, quote, oppressive feeling in the room, which would not let us sleep. For any people interested in this kind of stuff, it was room 1107. I had to check out early as I was not going to stay in the hotel one more night. He did go on to say that they went to a different hotel and got some sleep there. So it wasn't them. Huh, interesting. I do like the the oppressive feeling in the room and that they would both come to that description. This is part of a TripAdvisor review from CPT1515. Woo! Very unique name. I have stayed there twice, once with my family and no incident, and most recently solo with a definite interaction. The 12th floor of the hotel was the surgical floor. That's not true. And paranormal activity is well documented online. I was awakened in the middle of the night with what felt like hands running over my body above the covers. Uh -uh. Coupled with other motions on the bed, like two small dogs walking all over the lower part of the bed. As I came fully awake, the activity stopped and I eventually went back to sleep. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, I would not be asleep until the sun went up. Like, what? No. I I think if a ghost tried to fill me up, I would leave the room. Yes, if I got ghost groped, I would leave the room. <laughs> and then what's with the two dogs? And if it's two small dogs walking on the lower half, I feel like it would be better to say cats. That's true. Maybe they don't have like a... Well, cats like have... There's a very different <laughs> way that cats walk versus dogs walk. Cats are more gentle, like loping, and dogs are like. <laughs> 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 but yeah, okay. So that's weird. And then my final little story for you from the Emily Morgan Hotel comes from Reddit user SMU underscore Mustang underscore gang. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> take a sip of my coffee is there a university that's smu let's look it up because i want to it was mustache gang or motorcycle gang what one was it what oh no 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 mustang gang mustang yeah. gang i don't well the thing is i have a feeling from i don't know if it's at a university because i have a feeling from just the the language and just the vibe that this was like a teenage boy uh -huh. rather than like a university student. Okay. But I just want to tell you about it. So he was staying there with his family during their last day of a trip to Texas, but this was their only night at the hotel. He said right from when they got there, he was not feeling good about the place uh -huh. and he knew that it was supposedly haunted. He and his brother decided to go to the pool pretty soon after they got there. And in the elevator, our writer said, quote, these ghosts are chill. Maybe they want to come swimming with us. Well, it doesn't seem like they did because the elevator immediately stopped <laughs> as they were heading down. Uh -huh. The doors opened like as if somebody had called it to a floor, but there was no one there in the hall. And so no one called the elevator to the floor that they stopped on immediately after he said this. After the doors closed, it took them down to the pool. 
So they did their pool thing, they swam, they went and got some dinner, and right before they got to the elevator when they were back in the lobby, our writer says out loud, uh-oh, guys, we might get haunted. Very spooky. Promptly. <laughs> <laughs> All the lights in the lobby go out. The front desk attendant says, yep, they heard you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the family does get up to their room and goes to sleep for the night, but our writer gets a bit of a rude awakening. At 5.30 a.m., his dad wakes him up saying, quote, yo, near the door, there's a little girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> to which our writer responds, what the F? But I'm censoring that because uh -huh. this isn't an explicit rated podcast episode. He looks at the door to the hallway and indeed for two seconds there is a little girl there before she disappears. Then he goes back to sleep. Uh-huh. Who is up with these people and their ability to sleep? Uh-huh. Then in the morning, when they're all getting up and getting ready to go, his brother's on his phone. And his brother says something like, wow, really scary, you got me. Our writer asks what he means, and the brother says, the stupid video you put on my phone at 2.56 this morning. His brother's phone was in a different place this morning than he had put it when he went to sleep that night, FYI. Okay. The video our writer uh, describes is just darkness with heavy breathing as the sound. Uh -huh. And they leave and they go on the way. So it should be noted that the uh, writer did say like, oh, if anybody's interested, I'll post a video. And then people were interested and he was like, I, 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 it won't post. But he did say, I would send it. He did say, I'll send it to you. And so there were multiple times people were commenting and he was like individually like, I'll send it to you, I'll send it to you, I'll send it to you. And nobody commented angrily being like, okay, he did not send it to me, guys. So I just wanted to put that caveat in there, but I'm not necessarily saying like, it's fake or whatever. Mm -hmm. One, I really, really liked this story. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, there's a little girl over there. <laughs> right? And I feel like that's definitely not the dad's voice. I mm -mm. feel like that's what he is projecting mm -hmm. as a dad's voice. I like how things were very quick responses to his somewhat rudeness. Honestly, if I was a ghost... And there was a kid being like, uh-oh, we're about to get haunted. I'd be like, heck yeah, you are. Boom. Light's gone. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like the only way to do it. Mm -hmm. So there are two ways I feel like you can look at the story. One is coincidence, plus the family is pulling his leg, plus people's tendency to see things slash be highly suggestible when they're just waking up. Right. But the other way you can see it is it's actually haunted. And I feel like the biggest thing pointing this for me is the timing of the lobby lights. Yeah. I just think that's too much. And I'm sorry if like the front desk clerk being like, they heard you like <laughs> that's just like I'm done with my job. I'm tired of these ghosts being my coworkers. And some <laughs> stupid teen is coming and mocking them. And now my job's about to get a lot harder because my system's down, the lights are down, and I'm about to have a bunch of angry people coming at me. Yeah, they heard you. Like, I would. Yeah, that's exactly how I would respond. I, I think that was awesome. So if you want to visit the Emily Morgan Hotel, I do want to tell you that in October, they have a room with your boo package mm. um, <laughs> that features a Halloween gift. I don't know what a Halloween gift is, but it's on their thing. And a cocktail upon arrival and booberry pancakes for your breakfast in bed. Oh, right? that's cute. Right. 
So, Zoe, I'm rounding this out with my typical question. How haunted is the Emily Morgan Hotel? I'm going to put it at eight. <gasps> I'm so happy you said that. I When I wrote this, I think that there's something to reading these things and then writing these things and then coming to when I'm saying these things out loud to you because I wrote this right before this episode started. I was like, <sighs> a 5.5. But actually reading over it, I was like, you know, there's some of this that actually seems like quite solid. I think going seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just with like it being in San Antonio, Texas, like which yeah, we've already covered so much. Mm -hmm. San Antonio is so haunted, y'all. Very. Um, the fact <laughs> that it used to be a hospital. We know a lot of hospitals that used to be haunted or that like hospital. A lot of hospitals. Like it's not haunted anymore, y'all, but man, the stories that used to happen here. But like we've heard a lot about hospitals being haunted. And then yeah. the fact that it's a hotel, a lot of hotels are also haunted. So like to me It's checking off a lot of boxes. It is checking off a lot of boxes. The only thing that I think would be able to like up it a little bit more is like if ghost adventures or ghost hunters or like taps was out there a really big one yeah, yeah came over and did that that would probably seal the deal you know yeah yeah like that one boat you did where they had like that photo i'm yorktown yeah USS yorktown oh the green dot one is the one i'm specifically thinking of that one right there was just like yep ghosts are real it's just <laughs> it's like this is all you need yeah <laughs> Okay, well, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I, I would like to interject a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Robin, yeah, you're about to talk about, uh, hey, go over to our Patreon as our yeah. normal exit spiel. And I just want to mm, mm, give you a little bit of a taste of what our Patreon episode this month is going to be. Just because I wasn't going to do this, but then you kept mentioning it. And I was just like, oh, I have to. So this... Friday that or the 13th that this episode comes the Patreon episode comes out on is a Friday mm -hmm. the 13th okay and so I'm covering Friday the 13th on our Patreon <gasps> episode oh oh because I kept bringing up the number 13 I was yep. like what did I keep bringing up <laughs> okay yeah oh, I love that yep so I um, love that so just now you can go into your little spiel Robin <laughs> <laughs> If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, subscribe, review, tell a friendo, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash hauntedhospitality. For just $3 a month, you get a new episode with us. Yes, and it comes out on the 13th this month, Friday the 13th, because we're spooky. Ah. <laughs> um, if you liked Robin's story, no, wait, hold on. Something about sources. Yeah, if you want to see Robin's sources, mm -hmm. you can head over to hauntedhospitality.wordpress.com. Um, and if you want to write to us about something spooky you've experienced, maybe you've stayed at this hotel, you can write to us at hauntedhospitalitypodcast at gmail.com or you can slide into our DMs. Yes, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Haunted Hospitality. You can also find us at Haunted House. We hope to see you there. Stay, Stay spooky. spooky.